0: We are now joined by college football royalty. We are truly not worthy. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, likely first overall pick in the draft here in the flesh. And it was great when you walked up because finally... Somebody taller than the Green Giant that I have to like <laughs> all the time.
1: How are you? Yeah, he's looking good though. He's, I'm not messing with him
2: anytime oh, yeah. soon. No, I'm, I'm great, man. I'm great. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on here and you know fired up about the whole day. So
1: yeah, I mean, what tell us? Like, what, what's you know? I mean, what, what, what's going through your head right now? I mean, like he said, potential first round pick. Right. Is it surreal? You know, is this something you expected a few years ago and saw it on the horizon? What's what's your mindset there?
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely something I didn't expect a few years ago. You know, I think uh, a lot of the cards got to go in your favor in order to be, right. you know, the first overall pick with the whole quarterback situation and, and all of those other you know external factors. But um, you know, I've worked very hard up to this point, and um, you know, I've kind of had this this very interesting climb. Um, you know, right to the top, right. and um, you know from from my junior year till now. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's such a blessing to be to be up here, and, and you guys saying these things about me, it's, it's it's really cool to hear it. And I'm it's still something that I'm uh, that I'm trying to wrap my head around.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and millions of kids have the dream to play in the NFL, be a star player, but for you, it's going to be reality. And part of the reason is you're six foot six. At what point in your life did the switch flip for you, where you said, "Holy crap"? I'm, I'm going to be different, I'm going to be bigger, I'm going to be faster, I'm going to be stronger, i got a chance to really do this.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I was always a uh, a tall, skinny kid, and no weight to me. And then in high school I started, you know, those those winter cycles. You bulk up, you know, you put on that weight, and I kept growing. And then I think I, I was like a junior when I got to six. I was like 250 probably. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I, I, I might have a chance. And I was committed to Michigan at that point. And so um, and ever since then I just hit the ground running. And i just working my tail off, trying to get to the point that I am today. And then now, uh, you know, in April, when I start this next chapter, we're going to keep this train rolling.
1: Well, I'm always fascinated by that, like, transition. I've seen your parents, right? I've seen yeah. pictures, and they're, they're big people. Right. Uh, like, tell, tell us, like, when you came in your freshman year, like, what yeah. were you weighing? What were the measurables? What are you now, like, compared to then?
2: Well, when I was a when I was a freshman, I was probably 250. Right. Um, so I was I was already fairly developed when I got to college. Okay, all right, and you were. Um, That's different. Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty not, not not I was always a late bloomer, but I mean, I worked really hard to you know keep my weight up and do the You knew the weight room things. and all that was That's, important. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, right. And uh, so now I'm like 265, but like body fat shredded percentage weak. yeah, shredded yeah. Like, I mean we're here and um, you know getting that body fat percentage as low as possible right. before I get to that combine and then I can uh, light, light that thing up yeah
1: 40s vertical oh yeah all time. that all underwear tests. he got it all coming <laughs> how right. surprised
0: were you that your college coach Jim Harbaugh almost pulled up stakes and moved out of
2: town I uh, I expected. I thought he was gone. I was texting some of the guys on the on the team saying like, "What's next? Like, who's who's going to be the next head coach?" And um, you know, I found out he's coming back. I was kind of surprised just because you know we never had this much this much success at Michigan, and um, you know I thought this if this, if there was a year it would be this year for him to leave. But I guess he's he's in it for the long run now. So yeah, or at least until next year. <laughs> Until more rumors start popping <laughs> up. He's, be,
1: he's, he's, he's a Vikings fan, so he was all hopeful he was going to get there. I, hey, hey long look, long. he's a good coach, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. He's Great a good coach. Well, what's he going to yeah. say? I mean, what a dumb question that is. <laughs> but he's a good coach. Yeah, sure. Well, this is living proof oh, of it. Yeah, he turned yeah. him
0: into the first Fine. overall pick in the draft. I'm, yes. I mean, his skills
1: and hard work had something. Yes. <laughs> you
0: got coached I got
1: that. well. Yes, no, he That's is right. That's right. He's a good coach. He thinks he's a better coach than I do. Um, all right. Other thing I want to ask you, like NFL on the horizon, What's the thing you think about your game where you just go, man, this is a different game. I need to get better in this area. Like what's your one kind of focus just as far as physical on the field play?
2: Um, to be honest with you, I think my game is going to flourish um, in the NFL just because I, I watch a lot of NFL film, right. and I see the differences in the game, just yeah. the way those quarterbacks hold onto that ball That's what right. so, I mean. It's, longer, it's better like for pass rush, 100%. Right. So I look right. at that, I, I'm licking my chops because yeah. you go to college, you get so many RPOs, balls out like that, you and you get, get to the quarterback, but right. you hit him and no sack, no nothing. Right. It. So yeah. I think um, when I get to the NFL, I'm going to light it up, and yeah. uh, I'm going to do what I do. And uh, that's, uh, you know, rushing the passer. Dude, you and, are my mofo. You hear this guy?
1: I'm going to light it up. Hey. I'm ready. It's made for me. You're the man. What,
2: what, what's, your, what's your primary motivation,
0: though? Is it to be the first overall pick, or is it to land in a spot where you say, you know what, I fit with this coach, I fit with this scheme, I fit with this team, I'm going to be better off here, even if it means not being the first overall pick? Are you, are you weighing that out in your mind as we get closer to
2: April? Yeah, for sure. I mean, culture um, – and uh and 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 scheme and all that is definitely the priority because you know i want to be on a team that that um that i know i'll be able to produce a lot and um you know they they have a great culture and uh you know, I, it, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't get to pick. So. Well, soapbox time for me, because he knows how I am
0: about this. Don't you wish you could pick your team at the next level? You don't have to tell us which team you want to play. That's for. Right. Don't you wish you could pick just it, like you it, pick? It would
2: Michigan? be cool. Yeah, it would be. It would be cool. But unfortunately, that's not how the world, yeah, exactly the world right. works. Exactly. I'm trying to change the world. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's trying to fight me. I'm trying to change the world. So Aiden Hutchinson can decide where he wants to play.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, he's got no answer for no, it. No, I no Because I don't agree. <laughs> the NFL is kind of working. Look. The team that stunk two years ago got the number one pick, and they're in the Super Bowl. It's working, <laughs> okay? So now, next thing is, I mean, you're about to be rich, all right? Yeah. Auto traders paying you all this money today right. to come here That's and talk right. to us. Like, what's, what's the first thing? You seem to have a plan about everything. Yeah. What's the first thing? You're gonna buy yourself. Like, what's the the, the big thing here? We're talking about? watch, car, houses. What yeah, what no,
2: you that's a that's a big reason why I'm partnering with Auto Trader because you know my first my first purchase uh, in the pros is gonna be that car. Yeah, and they got a wide selection, especially with their uh, their their best new cars for 2022. So I'm definitely gonna be checking that out, and definitely gonna be looking at maybe like. A Ford Bronco or, or a Jeep Gladiator, something something along those lines. That looks so.
1: like you. You look like a Ford Bronco.
2: Okay. Yeah, I appreciate you that. Do. Thank you. you Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Man, this guy's a pro. I got a Ford F-150
0: Raptor. He's a That no. would probably surprise you and you. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. With, along with your other $100,000 sports Just stop. car. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. Uh, autotrader.com. Awesome, too. Working the pitch right in. seasoned pro. Hey, hey, this guy's going to be great. This I'm guy's going to be awesome. I'm impressed. We're, we're, and it's... It we're so glad that we got a chance to talk to you. We wish you have a great day and uh congratulations on your success. And uh yeah, way to go, man. It was an re- awesome refu- it really refuse was. to go to the team that picks you if you don't want to play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having You're me. Be the man. Good luck. Taylor, the lone running back. Taylor's got it. Nice off. Oh, he,
3: he can go all the way. First that line 40. He's to the 40. They're trying to chase him down to
0: Joining us now on behalf of the FedEx Air and Ground NFL Player of the Year Awards is Jonathan Taylor. Voting ends tomorrow night. So cast your vote now for Jonathan Taylor at NFL.com, who has raided Rob Lowe's closet, apparently. Fan of leagues, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe with the hat a couple years ago with the NFL shield on. Now we got the T-shirt with the NFL shield. I love it, though. I think it's awesome.
4: Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you two having me on here. I mean, it, it's a pleasure. You always, you know, listen to you two and then finally being able to be here. Interacting oh, man, with look two. at you. Wow. Wow. See, dude. he's lying. He doesn't
0: doesn't. He's kissing up, he doesn't, up. He's kissing, up. That, he's kissing right. up. He's, he's trying to build up some he's equity. Smart. He's a guy from Jonathan. Jersey. He gets it. Jonathan, let me tell you this, though. Two years ago, I interviewed at the Scouting Combine. I'm sure you don't remember because you were in the middle of the, 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 you know, the blender. It was supposed to be him, too, but he was, he was, he was very ill. He was very ill, was so he up. missed the interview. Oh, so I had to miss so. it,
1: man. But we 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 hooked up uh, during the draft process, and, and we hit up. We talked to each other a little bit, like Zoom that time. So yeah. we got a little little personal relationship that way. I mean, first off, tell me about you know, hey, what's it mean, running back, leading the league in rushing, like dream come true type of stuff this year?
4: I, I, it's like you mentioned, it's amazing. It's a dream come true. I mean, you're a running back, and part of trying to be the best player, the best running back you can be is leading whatever conference league you're in. So leading the NCAA in rushing that season or leading the NFL in rushing. So, I mean, it was amazing, and it was a special thing to share with those guys up front because they don't get a lot of glitz and glamour. You know, they get a great job offensive line, great job. They, they're they the ones paving the way. But it's, no, these guys are the ones making it happen. They make it go.
1: You got a group in front of you. But what was it like... To what you're explaining right there what took so long for the run game to get going this year what do you think was the finally like the the light bulb moment for Frank Reich or the team that was like, we got to start giving this guy the ball more?
4: I mean, we're definitely getting reps together with one another. I mean, everyone deals with injuries throughout camp. So we had quarterback, offensive line, a couple of different players in yeah, and out. Right. Um, Quint- no one, the injury. Yep, one person comes right. back, another person is down. So finally getting everyone back together right. and then getting those accumulated reps. And that's what you want. Over the course of the season, you should be getting better and better and better. And I think that's what we did.
0: And speaking of reps, you had 232 carries as a rookie, and you had exactly 100 more, 332, in your second year. How do you feel physically after having that many attempts as a running back in the NFL? I feel great, but
4: I think that's a testament to the coaches and the strength and conditioning staff being open, working with the players, knowing, hey, where do we need to pull back some, where do we need to pour more into to make sure – each week, we still got the exact amount of work that we needed to to be
1: prepared each and every single week. I, I know you're Johnny preparation. I can already tell. I know that. You're like Mr. Work Ethic. Like, tell me, season's over. How long we wait? And what's the off season regimen? Because it's, it's running back. I know you're a freak of nature. But the good ones, like like you're talking about, they work too. That, you know, how do you kind of go about your off season and getting yourself ready again?
4: You definitely have to take that break. I mean, there's nothing more that will recover you Then rest. Right. So you need at least two weeks of just rest. Right. You just, Your body's been going, going, going. You need just rest. Then you just start prepping the body back up again, doing little mobility things, stretches, just to get the body mobile, right. get it loose. And then you start ramping up a little bit. You start doing little things on the bike. You start doing some BAM work. Right. And you start transitioning into weights. And then once you build your body armor up, you're feeling really strong, you're feeling great. It's time to hit the field, and it's time to start, you know, right. doing dr- drills change of direction, football drills, bag drills. Um, so it's, I like to progress through it. But right. the first thing after the season rest. is rest. You just got to let all of that swelling and inflammation just go down. Will
1: you get to a point this offseason at the end of that process where you'll be like, you know, like Mike is sometimes just in the weight room, power cleans, maxing out. <laughs> like, will you still not? Like, on all serious note, will you do that, like, major heavy weight kind of workouts? Uh,
4: definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in building your body armor up over the course of the offseason. Right. Over the course of the season, your body is going to induce wear and tear no matter what position you play. So the best thing you can do is come in with your body armor, your body in tip-top shape. And so instead of going here on a steady decline, it's here. It's gradual. It's gradual. So you're able to maintain throughout the season. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys were the team that I think no one wanted to see in the playoffs. I think you guys would have been in a position to really make some noise and beat some teams and maybe even be here. And so we have to ask. I mean, when you look at what happened, the Saturday night game, you had an awesome performance against the Patriots, won that game. Christmas night, special night, you go out and beat the Cardinals. Yeah. What, what, when you look back on it, and I hate to bring up a – but we got to know. What happened to keep the Colts from finishing the deal and getting to the playoffs?
4: I, I think it's definitely execution. I mean, and that happened a couple times in the beginning of the season. You Let know, me. when you're you're in that fourth quarter – How do you finish teams, whether you're up by a lot, whether you're just up by a touchdown, a few points, you need to finish teams. And I I think that's something that we didn't we didn't get to do those last two games of the season. Um, And going into this year, especially the talk has been whatever it takes. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you going to do? How how selfless are you going to be? What are you going to put to the side and say, I can't do that? Or I need to spend more time here. Whatever it takes in order to be all in in order to make sure we get to where we need to go at the end of the year.
0: And the owner of the team has been saying that repeatedly. I mean, he's done videos on Twitter. And and does that resonate with the players when the guy who's in charge, the guy who signs the checks, is saying, hey, everybody, we're going all in. If you're not all in, get all out. It
4: definitely does. And just a matter of fact, that just from top to bottom, the Colts organization as a whole is second to none as far as that family atmosphere, being able to truly care for each and every single player and understanding, like, hey, like you mentioned, you need to be all in. If you're in the building, you need to be all in. If not, you need to be all out. And I think that's something as a group, as a player, is we decided, like, hey, this offseason, use this as fuel. And be ready to be all in, whatever it takes, each and every single day, each and every single week.
1: You think like like I mean this is natural human emotions, but like human complacency, seeing the Jaguars on the schedule, just thinking, wait, they won one game the whole year. We're we're a playoff team. Like, do you think that crept into your locker room or the thought of the team going into that Week 18 matchup? I don't think that crept in yeah. because everyone knows, I
4: mean, even last season, the final game of the year, right? that game was, was close. Right. They, that game was close. We had to win to get in. Right. So we know a divisional matchup game, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what the records are, especially in a division game. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. And it's just a matter of fact of just being able to finish. When you're able to have some momentum, you're able to put some points up, being able to still – keep your foot on the gas and just finish opponents yeah yeah.
0: where do you need to improve i mean when you have such a special season youngest player in league history with 2,000 yards from scrimmage and to get 20 plus touchdowns how do you find a way to push yourself to the next level when you're already at pretty much the highest level you can be at
4: no you're definitely definitely looking forward to being able to excel in the in the passing game as far as Coverages on the move, you know, as you're releasing to the route. Looks like, it looks like two from the pre snap, but then as the snap goes on, okay, what are they getting into now? What were they trying to disguise? So, you know, being able to do that as a runner, being able to see a certain front, and then once the play starts, you have a predetermining factor. I think the ball's going here and read it on the move, playing fast. Now doing the same thing in the passing game. Okay, as the snap goes, what are we doing? What am I seeing? Okay, maybe I can sit this down or I can break this out. I see a void here.
1: You're, you're, I mean, you're for your nature. You really are. There's rare running back that can kind of run between the tackles, like sledgehammer, and then also be like, oh, see you later. I'm running for an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, it's rare. It really is. And I like what you're saying about the pass game because that seems where it's going next. What are like, give me, Who's a running back that you look up to in the NFL right now that's playing where you go, man, his game is real, like – I really have a lot of respect for what he does.
4: So, one, I definitely love Nick Chubb. Just as a pure runner, yeah. just Nick Chubb.
1: Is that between the tackles? Um, he's, he's like you he's in a lot of ways. He's able
4: to just run through defenders. Right. He's able to make people miss. They're just falling off of him. Yeah. Um, but then also, I definitely love watching um Dalvin Cook and, and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook, you can just see those subtle cuts that he makes. They're really quick. They're really decisive. And then Christian McCaffrey, I mean, if you want to be he excellent in the passing game, right. uh, if you want You really want to excel. I mean, that's the guy you should be watching.
0: As a running back in the NFL, and Chris uses the term all the time, car crashes. You're in car crash hits all the time. Two years into the NFL, who has hit you the hardest and who have you hit the hardest? Who has hit me the hardest?
4: Definitely, I I would have to say um, Zach. Um, from uh, well, actually, he's not with uh, Houston anymore. Oh, I think he's down Cunningham. In Tennessee. I he's Cunningham. In Tennessee. Yeah, they released him late in the year, and he's with um, the Titans. Right? Yeah. So uh, he he definitely he got, got you got, good? He, he got me really good. He got me really good.
1: Like pass game, or just like you saw it coming. He squared you up, and he yeah, gave it, to it, it you that past way. It was pass
4: game, and he kind of. Hit the brakes a little bit, the kind of I guess because on film you can see it was going, going, going. Right. Hit the brakes a little bit, then hit the gas. I mean, so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a hands game. Let me, you know, be able to strike, reset my hands, and he just oh, right there. pass protection. Yeah, it was pass protection. <laughs> you got to deal with that. That was my rookie year, so he definitely, oh. he definitely got me good there. Um, and then hit the hardest. Um, I, I mean, I know I had a couple hard runs my rookie year versus Jacksonville for a fact, especially going towards away from our locker room. Well, you laid the wood on some guys. Yeah. You got, like, I I got guys got miles out. <laughs> I thought I got into the end zone, but I was down short at the one.
0: How excited do you get, though, when you get past the first two levels? And you know it's a defensive back that you can maybe try to plow over. That, that's when you got to relax. When you, get, when you get
4: to that level, you got to relax, because you're in the open field. You're like, oh, I, I'm here. I can, I can make something happen. But you got to relax, stay calm. You really have to think. That's what I noticed. So you
1: don't trip and fall or yeah, get that's too what, anxious? You know, that, that's
4: what I noticed. You really have to relax when you break through to that third level.
1: Do you wait, look up wait, at the
0: board? Is, do you look up at the board to see who's chasing you at that point? Because I know a lot of guys do that. I've done that once. I've done that once, and a, a lot of
4: times I just look back. I just look back, and a couple of the vets are like, "Man, use, use the board. <laughs> use the board. What are you doing?" Dude,
1: the dude is so fast that in the the Patriots game when he broke the run at the end of the game, he was running away from J. C. Jackson and looking at the sidelines. Whether the, I saw you say this on the. Uh, your, your hard, knock. hard knocks. <laughs> where he was looking at the sideline as he was running for the touchdown to see maybe if they were telling him to go down. That's when you kind of know you're fast, man. <laughs> that that was actually insane. Um,
4: usually we have a call going in like, hey, we're in church church mode. Yeah, like, right. You no, know, go down. Yeah. We didn't get that call, so everyone's in the, in the huddle like, wait well, you know, what's the mode here? And, you know, a couple guys, some of the vets are like, man, I, I think we're in church mode. Other guys are like, I don't know. So, I'm just double
1: checking. Double checking sure. on the way. Look at you. What a good player. He's just running for touchdowns and checking with the coaches on the way, doing it.
0: Go to NFL.com right now. Vote for Jonathan Taylor for the FedEx Ground Player of the Year. The yeah. Voting it's is open until tomorrow. And you. Thursday night, uh, Jonathan Taylor, quite possibly the Offensive Player of the Year for the 2021 season. Great to see you. I don't about that one for you. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. Cooper, Listen, you got some competition in that department. Cooper Cup? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> yeah, mean, he's an animal. Well, next right. year, when he breaks the record of the guy who was here yesterday, Eric Dickerson. Right, get 2,000. 2106. And get 2106. It's no big deal. Get then it. Then it. it's MVP, then it's offensive play, yeah, then it's everything, and then right. it's Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, great seeing you, pal. Thank you guys so much. He's a man. The week rolls on here at the NFL Experience and the set of PFT Live. And joining us now, and I have yet to understand how, we're going to find out, yeah. how Gerard Mayo, the Patriots inside linebackers coach, got the dispensation from Bill Belichick. Right. Well, this seems like rules. an anti-Belichickian
1: move, rules, Gerard. Something. How'd you pull this off? <laughs> I didn't tell, coach. I don't know. <laughs> I don't <lie> <laughs>
3: I'm off the clock. I've been <laughs> interviewing for head coaching jobs. I'm off the clock.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. How you doing, man? What's, what's going on? What's life been like first off? Just like explain to people, you know, life going from, you know, player in the NFL, middle linebacker to now coach, right? Climbing the ranks, being talked about for future head coach positions, you know, explain that transition and what was that like for you?
3: yeah you kind of miss a step there as well. You know, when I retired from playing football, I actually worked in business for three years uh, at Optum or United Health Group. So I did that for three years, ended up being vice president of uh, business Development. and then I uh, came back and started coaching. you know I, I missed it. I missed being around the guys. I missed developing the guys, but, you know, at the same time, I just enjoy developing people as a whole and helping people get to where they want to be. And anytime I get, you know, a group of guys, linebackers, DBs, it doesn't matter who they are. I want to help them get to where they want uh, want to be when they grow up. So, I'm always fascinated, Gerard, <laughs> by
0: those big decisions. And you, you found yourself a post-football career. You were having success. How long did you wrestle with this idea of, you know, I'm going to stay on this path versus I'm going to go back into the grind, work harder than I ever did before because I know how hard the coaches work in New England. How long did you have to wrestle with it before you decided to do it?
3: I wrestled I wrestled a long time with it. And honestly, my wife, you know, Bill called my wife first and asked her if, if if she would let me coach, which I thought was funny. And I was on the road so much, you know, working in corporate America that it was actually uh, easier as far as my travel schedule was concerned um, to come back here to New England. But I missed the locker room, missed being around the guys. And honestly, I uh, wouldn't do it any other way.
1: I thought really my time there working as a low-level coach would have scared him off it for sure. I mean, he used to call me he used to call me crab. Him and Vince Wilfork used to call me crab, and I was like, what are they calling me crab for? I don't get it. What is it? And I finally put it together. They were calling me crab because I was like a bottom feeder. I was on the bottom of the ocean cleaning up the crap there. So that it, it didn't scare you. I guess I guess you're you're loving no what doubt. you're doing. Um, One thing, Gerard, that I'm I'm fascinated by, maybe you could like explain this to people out there. What is it about? It seems like linebackers are more apt to get into coaching and want to be head coaches. Is there something there that you look at about that position that maybe translates to the game in a different way?
3: Yeah, well, linebackers are the quarterbacks of the defense. Yeah. you know we have to know what's going on up front. We have to know what's going on behind us, and the same thing on the other side. A lot of these quarterback coaches are offensive guys, are former quarterbacks. Right. You, know, you look at Kevin O'Connell, who just went to Minnesota, or was going to Minnesota after they played in the Super Bowl. But you know these guys. You know the linebacker position is the quarterback of the defense, and you have to conceptually know the entire defense. You have to know how offenses offenses are trying to attack you. So, uh, and they're usually your smartest players. So if you kind of like split it right down the middle. It's your safeties and your linebackers are hopefully your smartest players on the field. Right.
0: You played with Tom Brady in New England and he's made a little news the past week or so. He, he had us on retirement watch for a week or two and now less than a week after that we're on Tom Brady unretirement watch. Do you have a gut feeling as to whether or not he's <laughs> truly done because he's already talking like a guy who's going to come back.
3: Not, not, You know, honestly, he's not coming back. Look, Tom is the ultimate competitor. I kind of look at it just the same way I looked at Kobe when he was finished. When Kobe finished playing basketball, he went into a bunch of different ventures. And Tom has already started pivoting into different ventures off the field, whether it's the crypto thing he was doing. I'm sure, you know, he has the production company. He has TB12. He has the quota line. He has a bunch of different things that you know, quite honestly, there's nothing else for him to accomplish here in football. What else is there for him to do? At this point, it's all about all right. What is the next challenge? And that's just the kind of guy that Tom is.
1: Uh, Gerard, I'm 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 fascinated in like the fact of uh, player. Okay, you New England way, middle linebacker, Belichick, everybody coaching you. Now, tell me what. The differences with Belichick. Now you're working for him in a different way. Like, what? Tell me anything new you've learned about him from the coach's perspective, as compared to when you were playing middle linebacker for him.
3: Yeah, that he has a light side. You know, he has a lighter side with the coaches. <laughs> but <laughs> but gotcha. in, all, in, in all, in all, honesty, though, I would say, you know, working for Bill has been great. Uh, he's, he's a leader of men. He actually breaks down the game. He's the he's the ultimate teacher. At the same time, I would say he has also evolved as the players have evolved, right? And so it's a different group of players than we had 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, the attention span is different. The toughness is a little bit different. But at the same time, these guys are, you know, they're very skilled athletes that can go out there and play ball on a down-after-down basis. And he's evolved as a coach, which I think is uh, spectacular.
0: Yeah, at interviews this year with the Broncos and the Raiders for their vacant head coaching positions, vacant at the time, obviously. What did you learn about yourself going through that process?
3: Uh, I, I learned that I'm on the right track, and, and that was one of the reasons. Uh, I should say that was the reason that I even took those interviews. So, you know, did I have a chance to get the job or not? I don't know, and that's for the for those teams to decide. Uh, but at the same time, I always take advantage of opportunities to grow, and those opportunities to sit in front of. You know, the top of the top, you know, the GMs, the, the owners of teams. Those are opportunities that I don't want to turn down. And um, as far as I, what I learned about myself, I learned that I could, I, could, I could work in those circles. I could talk to a bunch of different people. And I think that comes from my background. And when we talk about diversity, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit, but when we talk about diversity, it's not only diversity as far as skin color. There's also diversity of thought. There's also generational diversity. And I think all of those pieces are important when you're trying to lead a group of men and women to go after that common goal, which is a Super Bowl victory.
1: Yeah, well, that's why you're going to be a head coach one day. I know it. You, you've got everything, the, all the all the things that make a good head coach. I really believe that. Uh, and, and just the way, man, you really do. The way you acted as a player, I witnessed it. The way you act now, I'm, I mean, it's it's awesome. It really is. I think it's on the horizons for sure. Here's another one I got for you because we're same generation. We played against each other in some preseason football games. God, I hope I like, hit you hard. I, I, you know, I just had gone back. <laughs> I had just got one of my first games back after I lost my sports we played the, the New England Patriots I think it was 07 maybe in and in a, in May, it was one of Mayo's first games and they were working him in, they were trying to make him the starter right away, he played like the whole damn game I felt like, <laughs> but wait, you know what's crazy, and I don't know, maybe it, maybe I'm crazy But is it not, like I I am, is it not amazing? Are you not amazed as compared to the quarterbacks now, as compared to when we were in the league or the quarterbacks 15 years ago, where it just was so much more traditional, and now you're dealing with Josh Allen twice a year and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? I mean, are you as amazed by the skill set of the quarterbacks as I am at times?
3: You know, I am, but I'm also amazed how the rules kind of, Help these offensive players. Yeah. How they've changed over the years as well. Yeah. And I always tell the guys defensively quarterbacks are the hardest people to tackle on the field, right? As soon as they take off, they have the ability to slide, they have the ability to run out of bounds, and they're always going to get the late hit penalty. They have the ability to run you over like, or juke you out, like you talked about, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes and, and Allen and Lamar Jackson, all these athletic quarterbacks. So it's tough to really get these guys on the ground. And sometimes as a coach, and I hate, I hate saying this to my players, but sometimes as a coach, you just have to say, you know, there's not much I could tell you to do differently there.
0: Yeah. Gerard, you mentioned the issue of diversity, and you know Brian Flores well from your time together in New England. Uh, you, you, you were a player when he was on the coaching staff, you were a colleague when he was on the coaching staff. What's been the reaction by you? What's been the buzz among your peers as to the stand, the surprising stand for many, for most, for everyone that Brian Flores decided to take against the NFL?
3: Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm still gathering the facts on that whole story. But what I will say is I definitely see the frustration as far as the lack of minority head coaches uh, in the NFL. You know, when you look at a league where over 70% of the players are black and you only have, a, you know, you only have really at the time one uh, black head coach. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And it's not about do you have people who are qualified uh, to, to really lead a team. And when I really look at these, you know, when I really look at the funnel, I look at the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. So the bottom of the funnel, I think they've done a great job as far as the minority hiring, okay, having these guys come in. And then here in New England, these guys have actually uh, been offered roles to stay with the team throughout the season and going forward, which I think is great. Now, when you go to the top of the funnel, as far as ownership is concerned, there are no Black owners. There are, you know, there are no Black owners in the league. It is what it is. Hopefully one day we, we won't have to say this, but that's what it is. But what I will say, the problem Progress has been made is especially this year was just in the GM cycle, right? When you look at Quasi, you look at Pace, you look at all these guys, and especially the pipeline, the minority or the black GM pipeline or up and coming pipeline in the next cycle, like to me, that will start to trickle down into the head coaching and the coordinator cycle as well. But you know, the Rooney rule, great idea, poor implementation, but at the same time, I think there's definitely things to be hopeful for, and at the same time, I can see the frustration and I feel the frustration from my brothers. Now, from my perspective, my personal perspective, remember, I'm only going into my fourth year of coaching. And so to have three head coaching interviews and in, in that in three years, really, of coaching, I can't really complain. Now, if you look at it from another perspective, which I always think is important to look at it from different perspectives, if you look at it from Leslie Frazier's perspective, look at it from BNME's perspective, even look at it from Flo's perspective, there is true true frustration there. And that is warranted, right? Warranted frustration because these guys are proven leaders and there have been people with less, you know, less success, uh, not as much as they haven't accomplished as much on the field. And they're just not getting these opportunities. But at the end of the day, don't hire me because I'm black. Hire me because I'm competent. Hire me because I can lead a group of men and women after a common goal, a common vision, right, a shared vision, and and hopefully that's why you uh, hired because I'm the best person for the job.
0: Extremely well, well said. said, and we well hope said. it gets to that point in the NFL where those are the bases for the decisions that are made. Now, we can't let you go without asking you about Super Bowl commercial with Pete Davidson for Hellman's Mayo. I wonder how Gerard Mayo – Got a Hellman's Mayo gig. I'm going to have to have someone
1: explain that. I to mean, me. I don't, I mean, still, I'm, I don't give a damn what his last name is or anything. It's still amazing. He got with Pete Davidson, he's hanging out with the Kardashians now. I mean, damn, Just living
3: a life. Tell superstar. us about it. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it, it's a natural partnership, you know, with Hellman's Mayo and Mayo, right? Mayo and Mayo, really looking to tackle food waste. You know, most of these times when I do these commercials, I don't learn much, but I did learn some things during this shoot which I thought was fascinating and also sad. You know, 40% of the food uh, that we take in here in the United States is wasted. When you think about it, it's close to half of the the food that we take in is wasted. And then uh, 40% of that food comes out of our homes. So we're not even counting what happens at, you know, the grocery stores and things like that. And when you talk about people, you talk about uh, social mobility, you talk about the struggles that people have out here in this country, like cutting back on wasted food would definitely uh, go long. And go hard for for the success of those people. So, Hellman's has definitely taken a long-term vision here. You know, they're looking out to 2030 as far as programs put into place to help. Uh, you know, get around the confusion of food labels, right? The best buy, sell by, use by date. Like, how we standardize that stuff going forward, and then that will lead to less food waste and um, and hopefully a better world. Hey, that's a great point because
0: my wife and I do that math all the time. Sell by, use it by, by <laughs> man, good. <laughs> to pass the smell test. I'm, I'm good with the that's smell right. test. She's like, just because it doesn't smell bad doesn't mean doesn't it doesn't mean bad. <laughs> well, hey, awesome stuff. We look forward to seeing your commercial during the Super Bowl, and we can't wait until the day that you are coaching Sarah so, Head so. Coach in a Super Bowl. I think it's going to happen sooner. Then people I still can't believe
1: there's a New England assistant coach going to be on the Super Bowl commercial. It just doesn't it's <laughs> I think that's the craziest thing of all. Uh, you the man. Hey, Jira, 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 <laughs> Jira, you the man. Talk to you, buddy. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks See for your you time, down. Kyle. Take care.
3: Take care.
0: Welcome back to our set here at the NFL Experience at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Joining us now, a guy who really was one of the finest receivers of his day. 970 catches. 12,351 yards. Six-time Pro Bowler. Now an analyst with Inside the NFL. He's Brandon Marshall. Brandon, welcome back. Great to see you. Wow, man.
5: Appreciate that intro. Dang, I forgot about it.
1: You're the original beast, really. The original. The original beast? Yeah, you really are. There's You're, so many beasts now. There right. is so well, yeah That's what I mean, though. That's where I actually right. was going to go. Right. Like, you were the first receiver I remember going, like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> I've never seen a receiver like this. Right. And really, like, I feel like ever since you kind of came into the league, there's yeah, they're growing on trees almost.
5: That's right. Well, you know what it is? It's seven-on-seven um, it's seven on seven football. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, for me, I had a, a unique skill set because I was 6'5", 235 pounds. Right. Playing wide receiver in today's game. That's a tight end, right? Yeah. So, and I, I was aggressive and I played that way. I, I, I knew my role. I, I knew what made me different.
1: Yeah. Right? So. See, the only receiver I ever threw the ball to, Mike, where he would turn around and get it. And he was looking to hit somebody. And I was like, "These most receivers are just going, let me run away from him or get him down. And he was literally looking like, who can I throw my big hand into and stiff arm him?
0: One of the first things I thought of, as you were talking about him being the original beast, is the guy we had sitting in that chair a little while ago, Debo Samuel. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, imagine what you would have done if they would have decided, we're going to put him in the backfield (sighs) and give him the football and let him go run over some guys. That's (laughs) right.
5: That's right. Absolutely. I mean, we were lucky enough to train Debo last year. And I just ran into him actually probably leaving here. Yeah. And uh, he's going to come back down. And he's just special. He's special. I think for him, he just needs to hone in on how he's going to recover and, and be able to do right. it again next year right. and a year after that, right. right? So you have to be smart there. But you're talking about, you know, only receiver. You're yeah. the only quarterback that throw me the football on a BoCie ball. <laughs> this dude used to have me – man, we used to be in there like 6, 7 in the morning, only ones at the facility. And Chris was just recovering with spleen, By right? spleen, yeah, Your spleen, right. spleen, right. right? So, like, he still wasn't right. Yeah. And, and so – You know, I'll be in there early working out. He'll be in there early working out. Then he'll drag me into the little turf's area, and he'll just be throwing balls in different directions. He was the first guy I saw, like – you know, doing, like, weird things. I
1: was standing on the BOSU ball, right? Because like my <laughs> <nervous> <laughs> <was> <laughs> Proprioception. Proprioception. Yeah, yeah, he knows. <laughs> know all the stories. <laughs> yeah. and, but he was a great teammate that way, too. First off, he was always looking to get better, right? I mean, we did a lot of summer, just yeah. go to the, I'll meet you at the facility, yep. let's throw some passes or whatever. So he was always looking to catch, and then I get to get my work in and get better that way, and that's what I appreciated about the guy. I got to see, well, that was one of the coolest years I ever had with him. Yeah. Because he was going through contract stuff, he was, he was one of the best receivers in football, if not the best. There was the coaching change. Jay Cutler got traded. That's we had right. more drama yeah. that year yeah. and everything yeah. that went on with That's that right. year. And they promised him they'd pay him, and they didn't pay you during right. the year. And we were in the Eagles locker room, and I <laughs> was going, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't play. He tells Let this story this. all the time. Cause Hold on, tell that story. I don't yeah. really remember that yeah. one. And we were in there, you know, just looking in the mirror like, hey, I, I'm going to cool. End, End of the season. End of the season. season. No contract yet. Right. right. Second to last game of the year. And it was me and you in there, and I was just, this you This know, before or after the game? No, it was before. And we were really? getting ready to go out finally. And you looked, you pulled, you were like messing with your wristbands, and you yelled like, ah! And I was like, what's up? And you're like, I can't play like this. I can't be me knowing I'm about to be a free agent. They haven't paid wow. me. And I just remember going, damn,
5: I feel you. I, I felt for you. I but, but but also you got to be honest, too, with the people that's watching and listening, yeah. you you know. You were like my sounding board. You yeah, really you pushed were. me. We were do, no, we but like, t-
0: you, how many times you was like, B, calm down. Well. relax. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have that, though. It's good to have something right. to invent, too, because yeah. sometimes it just right. makes you feel better right. to get it out, to well, be able to articulate yeah. it, and then someone can, can walk you back a little well, bit. Well, here's,
5: th- here's the special thing about Chris, and then also just the family. They all got it. His brother, dad got it, right? It's like relatability. A lot of times, quarterbacks, they can't relate. Right, and 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 Chris is one of the special ones where he can lead up, he can lead down, and so to be able to look at me in those moments and say, and I won't use the exact terms, calm the. F- Oh, we <laughs> Just relax. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> right. Back then it was, you know, you're so locked in and so personal. And, and, and so for him to be able to pull you to the side, <laughs> that's exactly what and, and, and I could receive that. I couldn't receive that from anyone else. He was the first guy that was able to say, Brandon, you, do you not remember what happened last week? Last week you felt the same way. It was the same situation. But look how it ended, right? So he started helping me. Really, critical thinking, right? That's really what it was—is critical thinking and be able to control my emotions in the game because I was super passionate about being great. I was super passionate about winning. Right? How do you channel that? And we see a lot of wide receivers. We saw see a lot of competitors. Uh, Struggle with that.
1: Yeah, it's tough. He would come off the sideline, Mike, and his veins would be popping out. (laughs) Two drives, hadn't touched the ball yet. And I could tell, like, oh, no, we're going to get a meltdown on the sideline. I could see him coming over. I'd have to be like, relax. And then he'd catch nine passes for 800 yards. And then you would walk up
5: to me like, see, see, you dumbass. (laughs)
1: Chris (laughs) has told that story. It seems like every year because
0: we are very pro from the player perspective of guys need to get paid when the window's there yeah. because you only have limited That's time. Right. And and so many fans, even today, and we try our best to push back and get them to understand because they root for the laundry. They, they root for the jersey. They, they line up behind the billionaires instead of understanding the guys that are out there putting it on the right. line every week need to get fairly yeah. compensated because they only get to do it for a little bit of time. You get to own the team for 50 years if you live that long. That's right. You get to play for 5, 10, 15 if you're lucky. So that story's come up. At least yeah. once wow. a year, because there's always a guy year. that You're would right. say, "Hey, folks, get off his guy's back and l- and let this guy get paid. Don't right. get mad at him. Get mad at the people who aren't yeah. paying him fairly." Right. That's
5: right. That's right. That's such that's such a good um, uh, conversation to have. I mean, look at Chris Godwin, right? You know, it's a brutal sport. Yeah. You know, it's 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 awesome. I love playing uh, the game, but at the end of the day, it's brutal. Chris Godwin takes a a one-year deal, and then he blows out his knee. Now. Are we going to see Chris Godwin go get, uh, right. you know,
1: 18 million a year, 18 a year? I know. I don't I think so. Right. I don't
5: think so. Now right. that, that now he's in a bad position, you know. It's too much risk for the player. That's why when whenever you have an opportunity to sit at the table, get a deal done, you do that. And that's a good deal. A, a good deal is where, you know, it's, it's, it's fair to the team and it's fair to the player. But you can't have one side taking all the
1: risk. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, right, you're, you're the man, first off. You went through, oh. like, You know, early, you know, struggles, mental health. You're one of the leaders in that conversation. And then, dude, your podcast. Yeah. I Am Athlete. I mean, it's awesome. Are you going to come on? Uh, you going to invite me? Please. That would so, be legendary. So it will be. I, I would love to. I, I'd love to. I might do some things on that podcast. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just talk about that. Like yeah, can you smoke daddy cigars? Al yeah,
5: Harrington that? did. Al okay. Harrington. But that's yeah. what it is that's what it's yeah. about, man. It's a safe place for athletes, right? right? That's that's who that's who we are. Yeah. Right? Like we right. that's this is who the athlete is. Like, you know, in the NFL, I always say it's can you, you kind of be you're like it's changing now, but back when we were playing and before then, we were institutionalized. Like, right. you got to fit in this box. You right. can't say certain things. you got to say it a certain way. you got to use certain terms and words. you got to dress a certain way. And that's not who we are. Like, the, you know, the locker room is made up of so many different cats that come from different walks of life, different experiences. So that's what I Am Athlete is, is being able to share, you know, uh, a table with, with guys that come from different walks of life, and you're seeing the raw emotion of the athlete. Yeah. It's a safe place for athletes, conversations that we can't have on other platforms. You know, we want to I want to get athletes' perspective and other people, you know, around sports when it comes to, you know, mindset, mental health, finances, relationships, because that's what we talk about in the locker room. No we doubt. spend more time in a locker room yeah. talking about life. And are you talking to me about my mindset? Yeah. Like we talk about that all the time on right. I am athlete. But how many times have we, you know, six, seven in the morning or after practice? You're the only one sitting there talking to me about, Brandon, like, maybe you should approach it that way. And so that is the platform, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Where can people yeah. find episodes of it and learn more about it? Yep, so SiriusXM and, and Stitcher and all
5: audio platforms and then also YouTube. So YouTube, I Am Athlete.
1: You Is that a studio you're doing that in? Or is that your house? Where are you filming a lot of those things? Yeah, right?
5: yeah so... Um, Friends, restaurants, and yeah. developments. You know, I'm hustling, cool. man. Uh, I know you are. Yeah, I'm hustling. You over but shaker? the goal, but the goal is to I call them baby Bristol. So we have these facilities called House of Athlete. We have like like I said, Debo. Like Debo trains there. Yeah, right. So it'd be cool to have Debo come jump on I Am Athlete tonight or five day a week show. And then you have other podcasts, you have other shows. So I call them baby Bristol. The goal in the next year or so is to have our studios on top of our facilities. Gotcha. We have Dallas. We have Tampa. Um, we have South Florida. Next year we'll do Miami and LA, and we'll sit there for a little bit.
1: I mean, you're still training. Are you boxing. Are you still doing this. Are you still boxing. Or- I, no, retire. I retired. No, I
5: retired. I said if I didn't have the fight that I wanted. Come September, the September that passed, and I was going to retire before Damn. I even started. Damn, okay. I that know. means I never wanted to. Yeah,
1: Come on, that. man. That yeah. Actually,
5: yes, I, I yes, the competitor in me, absolutely. I want to compete. I want to go out there, but from a business standpoint, this doesn't make sense for me.
1: No, and you got a movie star face, and you just right. you got all these famous right. podcasts. And we don't need you on there with black eyes and missing teeth and stuff like that. See,
5: that's the competitor in me. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll get touched. <laughs> Not like that. I
1: mean, you
0: know, no, come yeah. on, no damage.
1: <laughs> come on, man. Okay, fine. I'll have a little faith in you, though. You're doing yeah.
0: a great job, though, <laughs> and you. it's a great example for all the athletes out there that aspire Transition. to be more, right, because, you know, you only play football for a limited period of time and uh, you're doing a great job yep. in the media and uh, it's fun to watch and it's great to talk to you as yeah. always. You're a great thank role so model much, man. You, you are.
1: My homie Appreciate man. It. I love you love man. You, man. Love you. <laughs> that's Brandon Marshall. <laughs> just
0: answer. We'll be back with more. <laughs> oh, go we have ahead. To go, go. ahead. No, we yeah, don't go. have to go. go. Man, that's good. not go. You go. call let's me go. More. Go. You can't just call No, you know exactly where I'm going. You know exactly where I'm going. Go
1: one time like really. All right,
5: let's see. Let's see. No, I text you no no response. I just you're supposed to be I mean, come on guy, like you know, I know you're this big TV personality he now.
1: He texting me. Here, he called me one before you were doing your Fox show in the morning. morning all
5: right, morning. let me see. Okay, you responded. Yeah. Okay, you a, respond.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. See, we got it on tape. he got receipt. the receipt. flew up on him. <laughs> right, I'm like, oh, that's not what I recall. <laughs> oh, all right, thanks, Brandon. Think of my dad. Right. <laughs>
0: Here we are in Los Angeles, getting closer and closer to Super Bowl Sunday, wrapping up our Wednesday program, or Thursday morning, if you want I
1: went to the ocean the other day. It was nice. Uh, you didn't get any sun. That, I, I was out in it. I got a little bit. You swam? No, no, I didn't get in the water. It was one of the days that was cool here, so I was a little like, ah, I can't jump in there quite like that. It was like I don't 16. even know where the ocean is. Yeah, it's west. It's. Uh, I don't even know which way west is. Yeah, I need a compass. Uh, the sun uh, rises in the east and falls in the west. If you can't figure it out, I got to question your mental. People who are betting
0: need a compass. Yeah, and <laughs> you are the compass, the odds booster from. Chris Sims for uh, points bet. Let's let's do a couple of these. The Sims booster bet. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr. Over 60 and a half receiving yards plus a Rams win. Boosted by points bet from plus 160 to plus 180 why you like that
1: well i i mean first off i mean what do you think when you first see that number do you think that's a little low too it's definitely low yeah right definitely right so i I am a believer that the rams are going to win the football game okay i'm on record that's already done so there we go and then with odell beckham jr first off i've done this the last three weeks he's hit three weeks in a row i mean he's uh, gone beyond expectations i know again the Rams' offense poses a lot of problems. They got really good weapons. I know we, we talk about the Chiefs, and I sit here and go, man, I don't know. Who would you rather have, the Chiefs' weapons or the Rams' weapons? I think It's close. Cooper Cup, OBJ. You know, we'll see if Higby's healthy. Van Jefferson, that's a pretty good group. And, of course, we know Cooper Cup is always the, the centerpiece of that offense. And i got to think he's going to be the centerpiece of the thought for the Bengals defense to, hey, it's third and seven. got to take him away. And one thing I find through my studies and watching film, Mike, and you know I love doing that stuff, is when, when they make Cooper Cup the number one read in a play, almost always Odell is the number two guy. So there you go. we got a defense. All their bright lights are, oh, no, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. And we still see him get the ball. But I do think OBJ, his talent, his comfort in the offense, it's all just continued to go in the right direction. And he
0: has full appreciation of the moment. Yes, he does. He's
1: wanted this his whole career. He had the torn ACL
0: last year out of Cleveland, with the Rams, it's all working well. I think he rises to the occasion, and the harder they try to take away Cooper Cup, the more that OBJ is going to do, so I agree
1: with you on that. Yeah, I think so.
0: Another booster, Aaron Donald to have a sack, plus a Rams win, boosted from plus 110 to plus 130. Not exactly going out on a limb. Nine sacks the Titans had. Yeah, Uh, If the Rams feast,
1: Aaron Donald's going to be eating a turkey like at some point. I, I would think so. I just hope it's not like to the point of one of those games, Mike, where again he's, he's uh, messing the play up or effing the play up as we talk about so much and then doesn't get any of the stats to go along with it. But I have a hard time. Again, yeah, the Sims booster bet, plus 110 to plus 130. Aaron Donald to get a sack and the Rams win. Again, I'm picking the Rams to win this game. And yeah, I just look at it and go, one thing that I look at from the AFC Championship game that I, that I think could be a little different from the Bengals' perspective. And we talked about it earlier in the week. The Bengals, I thought, were a little too stubborn with running the ball early in the football game. and almost got borderline, wait, are you ever going to get Joe Burrow in rhythm in this football game? And, you know, his stats, and he really never got into a great rhythm of the game. He made some plays with his legs and all that. So I look at that and think, hey, they're going to have to throw. There's a part of me that also looks at the Rams and thinks they're going to be in the lead, which is going to lead to more Joe Burrow dropping back to throw the ball. And, yes, you know, you talked about it. The Titans' pass rush is good. The Chiefs' pass rush is good. And none of them are as good as this pass rush we're going to see this Sunday with the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm going with that. So we know that you
0: think the Rams are going to win tomorrow We'll find out whether or not Chris thinks the Rams are going to cover it. Right. That's a separate issue altogether. And now is the point where Chris has a long read. I sit here and critique every word that he says as he does it. We'll see
1: if I can do that. Don't bet on me reading this well. Okay. That's the first thing. If you're eligible in a state, PointsBet has an exclusive offer for Sunday's big game. That's right. Here we go. Sunday's big game. Whether you are a new or existing user, if you bet a minimum of $20 on Cincinnati versus Los Angeles, you will be credited with a – free $20 a free 20 free live bet to use during the game okay so you got that you put down 20 on the game you'll be credited with 20 free more dollars to add to that and if you are a new user download the points bet app today and use code sims 2020 all right sims 2020 to sign up in addition to the big game offer you'll get two risk free bets up to $2,000 if you are if if your first bets lose points bets will refund your stake in free bets so you can play again up to $2,000. Damn. Download the PointsBet app. I mean, I don't know what, they're giving you free money. What else do I got to say? Don't just bet this fo- football season. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Download the damn app or I'll come find you, okay? B+. Plus. <laughs> B+. Plus. Pretty good. Better Pretty I tried ad-lib and then I screwed up a few yeah. times. But, uh, yeah.
0: That's it for today. We'll see if we can get an A-plus out of the show tomorrow. Thanks to all <laughs> of our guests. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy your evening and as always thanks for some of your time. See ya let